Yeah, man, not feeling too bad, but dude, this cold was brutal. I was really? pretty much feeling like crap for almost a week. So I had it, I kind of caught it last Friday, and I only started to feel a bit better by the Friday after. Wow. And then Saturday, I felt maybe 85%, um, but still, I have like. Sore throat, runny nose, but um, but my body feels good now. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't COVID because I got we uh, we bought one of those what they call pat pathogen pathogen tests. Do you know uh, what those pathogen you can get from like the the drugstore? Uh. And they just uh, you just like measure your saliva and then it tells you whether you're positive or negative in pretty much like ten minutes. It's really quick. So mm. I did two of those just to make sure. And uh, and they came out negative, um, yeah. So the first day I didn't do anything. I didn't I didn't get tested, um, and my wife was like, "Make sure you wear a mask indoors." And I had to sleep in the living room by myself, uh, trying to isolate away from her because you know she was worried that uh, you know f- through her work of uh, if if I did have COVID, she'd have to tell her. You know all the people that she works with that she, that she is in close contact with someone, and then she'd probably have to isolate as well and stay home. I think that's how it works, isn't it? If you're in close contact with anyone. Mm. So yeah, just had that, um, and then finally got tested, and then she kind of eased up a little bit, but still she didn't want to, you know, catch my cold, so she stayed away from me. Made sure I wore mask the whole time, sanitized uh, everything I touched. So I was carrying around like an alcohol bottle with a with a, with a cloth, and she gave me some plastic gloves to wear around the house. <laughs> <laughs> so everything I touched, she just uh, yeah, kind of made sure that I sanitize those things. Did she uh, used to do all that like when you just would catch like a cold in the past? No, no, this is like the first time because of Corona. She's just yeah. up to you know, kind of uh, what is it? hysteria levels because <laughs> yeah, obviously yeah it, it affect her her life too not not just me right yeah. but it's good because you know i'm on spring break now got two months off so it was kind of good timing in a way i didn't have to work or anything but yeah it, it's a it's annoying being sick and it was just a regular cold man it, you know i think uh i don't know if it was covid if it would have been any worse but then i actually found out a couple of days ago that my my family in England, my sister, she contracted COVID. Uh, she went to went to a wedding, got it there. Um, but she said she doesn't feel too bad. She had a runny nose and uh, and a sore throat, and that was it. So my cold sounded way worse than hers. Huh. Yeah. Did you? I mean, you didn't have a fever. Did you have a fever and stuff? No, or? I didn't have a fever. Didn't have a fever. I, I was like feverish, like every now and then, but kept measuring my my temperature, and it was uh, stayed the same the whole time. Uh, kind of lost my sense of taste a little bit, um, or just things you know didn't taste as uh, as good as they normally did. Isn't but, that just because um, you have like a stuffy nose? Or yeah, yeah. So it's just like a regular cold, right? Just normal symptoms. 
But yeah, yeah so yeah, missed that whole week of uh, snowboarding, which would have been good. We had a lot of snow that weekend. Dude, what about you, man? You you must have been shoveling a shit ton of snow. Uh, <clears throat> well, for the past two weeks, yeah, different locations, been shoveling a bunch of snow. But man, I actually made it out snowboarding, so oh. I, I, f- I feel like a champion. <laughs> <laughs> Where'd you go? Uh, Rusetsu for like awesome. two hours. <laughs> nice. <laughs> gotta, gotta get those legs going, right? Yeah, I mean, we were out in uh, Toya, and like John was out there. John's been on the podcast before. We actually uh, bumped into Aaron, who's been on the pa- podcast before too, uh, while we were out there. But yeah, just uh, <laughs> went over there with the family. Like my wife hung out with the kids in one of the resorts for a little while and played while I just like went on that went on on the mountain for like uh, two hours. But I mean, the snow was like nothing great. It was all chopped up and everything. There was a little bit of powder like left over. Uh, a couple places, you know, just where people hadn't passed through just barely with their board or something, maybe like a <laughs> patch of powder or something, you know. Uh, but I was just so happy to be out on the mountain and snowboarding again, man. <laughs> so oh, like, good, good, man. Yeah, because it's been about a week since it's kind of snowed, wasn't it? Like the, there was like a big snowfall last weekend. So I yeah. think the, the Monday would have been really good, but pretty much during the whole week, not uh, not much. Yeah, I kind of wonder if we're, I mean, I'm hoping we'll get like at least uh, another dump or two, but I'm kind of wondering, man, we might be, uh, might be uh, coming up to spring pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of felt like spring the other day, yeah, just kind of driving around town or, or being outside. It was, you know, zero degrees, but it was bluebird, um, and zero is kind of warm, I think, for, for the daytime when the sun's out, and it feels quite springy at that time. And I was just like saying to my wife, yeah, it feels like uh, the winter's over. But she was like, no, this is, you know, there's still going to be a lot more snow to come. She's just uh, she's faking pregnant. us out. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, uh, I mean, yeah, like, uh, so what do we have? Like a couple of weeks ago, it was like, I don't know, some people were saying the most snow Sapporo had in like 20 years. Some people were saying ever on one day record fall in some areas or something. But that was just nuts, man, how much snow we got, like all of a sudden. I mean, it had like had blizzards in other parts of Hokkaido here and there, and then Sapporo just got slammed with that like one day where it was like what over a meter or something. Oh, dude, they had yeah, it was like in twenty four hours the most snow that Sapporo's ever had in since uh, records began. Right on that, on that I think I think over that weekend, um, and then yeah, um, looking at the. The snow reports for one of our local mountains, it said like 40 centimeters of fresh snow on, <laughs> on the Monday. And that was when I was like sick. I was like, shit. And I'm sure my buddies went. They all invited me to go. I was like, I can't. I've got to gotta bury down a hatchet, try and get better. Yeah. Well, I was like driving back into Sapporo that day. And again, like that blizzard that hit Sapporo didn't hit like other parts. And I think I was coming v- back from Furano and like... uh because of the blizzard weather, like couldn't drive. Uh, the navigation was saying like the freeways and highways were closed. So it was like taking us on a back road, and but there's like tons of other cars with us. So I was like, oh, everyone's like uh, navigation must be putting them to the same place. And then all of a sudden, like we just started driving like on this. It was like a dirt road, I thought, and like it was like getting really bumpy. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but this must be like a regular road because there's like all these other car- cars with me as well. But. And then I was like super bumpy, and then like I hit some like big bumps, and I was like, "Man, should I be going this fast?" But everybody else is going this fast. It was like, I mean, it must be like a road that people normally drive this fast on, so it must be okay to go this fast. And eventually, I just realized it was like ice and snow, 
that had like frozen uh, from just that huge dump in one day in Sapporo. And then I got back to Sapporo and like all these people were out in the streets, like shoveling and everything. And then of course, like JR got shut down for three or four days after mm. that. People couldn't come to the office. All the trains were stopped and everything. So, man, that is the first time since I've definitely been in Japan, my 15 years, that the JR all trains canceled for like two days. Yeah. Because they had to, they had to dig out the train tracks and by hand. So yeah. they, you know, they didn't, they didn't have these machines or I think they had the machines, but they couldn't use them in certain parts of the track. So they had to just get out staff with shovels. Trying to dig out these train tracks, it was, and they showed it on the news, and it was crazy. It's like, man, that's going to take them not not just one day; it's going to take them a week or something. But yeah, yeah, they managed to do it, and I think in about two days to get finally get some trains going. Not all of them, but a lot of them. And this is like Hokkaido, Sapporo. That's like you know, model city for dealing with snow, uh, like in the world and stuff. And it was like the whole place was just like shut down and affected for a huge chunk of time and stuff. So yeah, yeah, I had to dig our car out yeah maybe twice in that one day so i kind of waited until until the snow settled a little bit but when i just looked when i looked out the window it all day there were people digging their cars out you know they'd go back in take a break come back out again um and you know kids were getting involved as well it was quite a, a merry atmosphere actually just everyone you know kind of knuckling down together and digging their cars out yeah, I just shocked at how much snow had fallen and everything. Yeah, so yeah. I think everyone was like, oh, let's go kinda... some of this, let's go Well, that's the thing. So, um, yeah, so we had like a break because we kind of normally take a break from recording every now and then. And then uh, you got sick. And so, yeah, I even got like a message. Uh, who sent me a message? Like Matt sent me a message. He's on the podcast a lot. And uh, he was like, do you guys stop the podcast or something? You're not recording anymore. I haven't noticed any new episodes for a while. And, uh, yeah, but it's just because, uh, different things came up and everything it was no plans yeah. to quit. Or whatever, but right. yeah. It's been, uh, it's been a couple of weeks, I guess, since we've, uh, released. Yeah. Sorry about that listeners. Um, we, we were going to record last week, but my, my voice was pretty much non-existent. So I apologize, but, uh, but could have gone solo, but, uh, it <laughs> chickened out. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's hard just, uh... talking to yourself though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, kind of thought about it but then i was like oh to be honest like i'm really swamped too so maybe just because we kind of like we're gonna push back recording push back recording and it's fine it's just like let's record next week or something so yeah i, uh, I think it was good that we did leave it till today because yeah even we try to keep delaying my, my voice wasn't really getting any better so uh, yeah we finally nipped it on the bud and we're just like yeah let's just record next week and uh, and here we are we're, we're back i apologize if my voice sounds a little bit off uh, listeners, or maybe it sounds better, maybe huskier, maybe I sound <laughs> a more like Burke. Bit. A bit a confused. Bit. <laughs> That's right, man. All it takes is a little bit of a COVID cold to make it sound like this. Uh, I don't know if that's good or bad, but um, yeah, but we've been getting like a lot of emails, like topic suggestions and stuff, trying to get to some of those. Like some people want to hear about policing in Japan, mm. and some people want to hear about like good. Uh, snowboarding uh, or like ski resorts in japan how they compare it to overseas i thought we could talk about that sometime that'd be pretty fun and oh interesting. for sure man especially like you know winter season all that we'll uh, hopefully get another friend on who's a who's a shredder and then talk more about yeah snowboarding where to go what Can't, it's like 
can't talk about some of the local favorites, unfortunately. No, we're not going to name spots, any of them. But no, we'll, we'll just talk, talk about, about the, the major resorts and yeah, stuff. Yeah, the popular ones, where everyone goes. <clears throat> yeah, Maybe but we'll drop what, some hints. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, one thing that uh, I kind of meant to bring up maybe on, on one of the earlier times when we didn't have a chance to record, but there was a huge piece of uh, Sapporo news that, uh, especially for both you and me, this is uh, big news, uh, famous landmark in Sapporo closing, well, has already closed down at the end of January, uh, downtown, right smack down Sapporo, Ben, any idea of what this historic landmark is? That has significance for both you and me is? I think I have an idea. What day did it close? Uh, last day of January, January 31st. Oh, it's not Yonpla, is it? Oh, it is Yonpla, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I heard it was going to close soon. But it's, so it's done. Yeah, it closed. Down. Yeah, and it, like, shocked me. I uh, I think I would have gone in there to, like, you know, try and draw back on some of my earliest memories of coming to Japan. That was my first work location in Japan, uh, yours as well. Me different too. periods yeah. and stuff, yeah. But if I had known, and I was actually in there uh, at one point in January, just kind of walking through, but if I knew it was be my last opportunity, I would have taken the time, maybe uh, even tried to maybe visit the old... Uh, English conversation school that we both worked at there. But, uh, yeah, everything's getting rebuilt in the city. Uh, Yonpla was very old. Ben, any idea how old? Oh, so Yonpla is Yonchime Plaza. It's right down in uh, what used to be the center of shopping and everything in downtown Sapporo. Yeah, it's like, um, you know, Sapporo's version of uh, what's, what's that crossway in Tokyo, the Shinjuku uh, cross-section. No, I'm right. talking about the Shibuya crossing. Right? Yeah, the Shibuya. Yeah, the Shibuya one. So that's Shibuya like crossing, kind of yeah. our version is uh, is uh, where Yonpla is. Well, is it used a to lot be. Smaller. Yeah, well, it definitely used to be uh, kind of Yonchume Plaza. Is this like building right there? There's like, uh, <clears throat> what else is in there? There's like Parko, Parko Starbucks. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, right in that intersection. And uh, back in the day when Yonchume Plaza first opened, it was like the biggest uh, center for fashion, especially clothing and everything. All the newest trends were going in there. Uh, ben, any idea how old Yonchime Plaza was or is? Wow. Oh, that's the a, building itself? The actual building. Um, I want to say uh, 40 years, 30 years? I'd say 30 years. Man, that was, that was pretty strict on the age build, aging buildings. Uh, fifty years. Fifty years. This wow. had reached that uh, you know famous, infamous landstone for concrete buildings in Japan. Fifty years old. Back in its so it was built uh, or finished in 1971 in September. In its heyday, during the bubble, uh, it was bringing in uh, about 125 million in sales per year uh, dollars. Uh, but in 2003, uh, JR Tower near Sapporo Station was finished and kind of all of the center of shopping started to shift a little bit. And then Corona uh, virus happened. So uh, before they were making about $125 million per year in sales, all the stores were. Ben, in 2020, how much do you think they were making in sales per year <laughs> uh, at Yonchime Plaza? How, how much in sales hey the day, whole building? Heyday was $125 million per year. Heyday was 125 million people. And you, you're asking me how much are they making just before they closed? Yeah, 2020, coronavirus is going on. Uh, shopping had already kind of shifted a lot of it towards 
then kind of one new center that's being developed in uh, Sapporo now is uh, mm. up around the station. So, so I guess it's gone down then. So it must be like, what, 50, 50 mil a year? That's pretty close. That's pretty close. It's down to 40 million. So oh. yeah, about one third, less than one third. What are, they, what are they doing to that building? Are they transferring it to something else? <clears throat> that's like, a good question. That is a gr- well, that's a great question. Uh, they don't, they haven't decided yet, but everything down there is kind of, you know, being modernized and updated. There's that uh, kind of tower building going in there that we were kind of talking about sometimes in the old uh, Don Quixote uh, location and stuff. And I, I just saw like a plan of the new Lafia building that's uh, being rebuilt down in Siskino. Used to be Robinson's way back in the day, mm. across the street from McDonald's. And that place is like, they're building everything basically look like Tokyo uh, whenever they rebuild it. You now in Sapporo and a lot of stuff are being rebuilt like that. So yeah, Yonchebe Plaza was just super dated. And uh, they're saying they still don't know what they're going to do with the land or the building yet, but something that will definitely, uh, you know, be one of these new centers of everyone's attention is what they're aiming for. Um, do you know how much... Uh, that land, interesting point, that land there at Yonchame Plaza is the second most expensive land per tubo in uh, Hokkaido, actually. Wow. And uh, guess how much it is per tubo. tubo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, like everyone talks about Kuchan, Niseko property and everything. Um, you know, bubble, possible bubble has been going on there for however many years now. Uh, so per tubo there is usually like 100,000 yen or 300,000, 500,000 maybe or something, 400,000, 300,000. How, how big is a tubo? Like a, a meter square? Uh, 3.3 meters square. 3.3 meters square. Yeah. That's so if like second. Yeah. So if like Kuchan and stuff, everyone is always talking about like Hokkaido real estate and everything on the big uh, new booming areas. And that's like 1,000, 2,000 per tubo. How much so, do you think? So it's more it's cheaper than no it's, well that's the thing everyone kind of talks about everyone the, everything that's on everyone's mind is like kuchan real estate and everything <clears throat> yeah yeah and that's like one th- but this uh but no yonchame plaza <clears throat> land is the second most expensive in all of hokkaido all of hokkaido all right yeah. is it uh i don't know man Two hundred thousand a tubo uh so like double kuchan yeah it is five point two million per tubo, <laughs> so about fifty thousand uh, dollars. Yeah, so everyone talks about Kuchan being one thousand, two thousand dollars per tubo or something. This is uh, fifty thousand dollars per Damn, tubo. Man. But most expensive property in all of Japan, down in Ginza. How much do you think uh, that is per tubo? Oh shit, man! That's I reckon that's <laughs> got to be about five times more than the Hokkaido one. Uh, so this is the Yamano Music Building in Tokyo's Ginza District, and uh, in 2021, it was the highest price point for commercial land in Japan. So this was 53.6 million per square meter. So Whoa. that is uh, ten times. Well, let's see, but this is per square meter. So what do we got to do? Mm, we gotta divide d- divide it by, by three. About. About. Yeah. Yeah. So, what is 53.6 divided by 3 about? Uh, a lot. <laughs> 53. Point, what was it? 6? <laughs> it's about 18. 
uh, 18 million per tubos. Uh, so the other one is five. So yeah, it's over three times more expensive. Mm, wow. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. Yeah. I mean, if, uh, if you're on Chorme Plaza's going, then I wouldn't be surprised if Parco is probably going to go in the not too distant future. And then what's rebuilt. next? Mitsukoshi. Well, well, they're saying they're rebuilding Pibo, which is right next door to Yonjime. It's going to yeah. remain Pibo, but they're going to rebuild that. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so just like renovating in a way. Yeah, but everything yeah. basically needs to get redone is what the whole thinking is and stuff. Mm. So, But yeah, I mean, goodbye Yonjime Plaza. Goodbye all those great memories. Yeah, yeah. First time coming to Japan, yeah. I guess they have to because of, you know, earthquakes and natural disasters and stuff, right? Um, well, that's the thing. That's a, That was what they, in 2017, they deemed that if there was going to be like a six or seven on the Richter scale earthquake in Sapporo, that place uh, had a high possibility of collapsing. Mm. And everyone knows we've had a couple of six, well, not a couple, but uh, what was the one in Tohoku? That was like six or seven or something. So. Yeah, yeah. And the, yeah, the one in 2018 was like, was it four or something? Four or five? Four or five, yeah. yeah. So could be around the corner. So, but that was like back in 2017. I was like, you guys kind of waited about six years or four, <laughs> yeah. uh, four years to all those meetings. Get on the ball. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stun, stamping those handcos. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, uh, yeah, for both of us, it was kind of big. Yeah. And, yeah. And, uh, I'm, yeah. It just kind of, uh, brings back memories of when i used to go to the ninth floor when i was working at uh at yon Chome plaza and the, the ninth floor was where all the the staff used to go for like lunch and hanging out smoking cigarettes and stuff like the whole building staff which was pretty cool because all the shops are basically just uh filled with uh women's clothes and accessories so it's all just hot ladies up there just chilling out lunch and i just go in and get my bento box and sit in the middle just like stare at people for an hour <laughs> recharge yeah that was pretty cool <laughs> remember why you're so happy to be in japan yeah yeah and then a lot of people didn't know about that place actually i i, I kind of just wandered up um just the, the flights of stairs and just saw a lot of hot girls going into this one room i was like what's going on in here the ladies toilet i didn't realize <laughs> <laughs> you're lucky it wasn't yeah yeah Anyways, uh, yeah. So today we're talking about some food. Uh, yeah. Food is on the mind. Yeah, Japanese. Well, you know, food is always a uh, big news in Japan. It's always on TV all the time. Um, but I don't know if you've been following this uh, the major developments in the uh, the McDonald's French fries saga. Burke, have you, did did you know this was kind of a bit a big deal that was happening since uh, December December last year. So I, McDonald's I, Japan suspended their fries, the the sales of medium and large size fries for one week back in December. Yeah, I uh, I just kind of saw it popping up on the news here and there, but I wasn't paying too much attention to it because I actually went to McDonald's during that period. And uh, whenever I go to McDonald's, I usually order like a, uh, um, you know, just uh, one of the traditional great meals. And then I also uh, order like a side of potatoes because when I get a set, I get like the chicken nuggets as part of the set. And then mm -hmm. I order like a side of uh, a French fries. But I was just order a small. So I didn't realize this. Oh, uh, you yeah, well, get so small. what exactly? Yeah. What exactly was the drama? Well, they they uh, suspended their sales of medium and large size fries uh, between 24th of December and 30th of December. So you could only 
by uh, S-size fries because of the pandemic. Um, uh, Japan McDonald's, they get their fries from uh, America imported and they had uh, issues at the uh, the borders, uh, especially the Canadian border, where they uh, they uh, get their their uh, fries flown in from. Um, there was severe damage as well due to severe vl- uh, flooding in Vancouver. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that disrupted a lot of the the roots for McDonald's potatoes. So it wasn't just all supply chain issues that's kind of affecting everything these days, causing yeah. inflation to skyrocket and whatnot, but some, right, some right. flooding as well. Hmm. Yeah, but the thing is, they you know they were suspending the different sizes, like M and L size, but they you could still buy as many small portions as you wanted. But if you bought like a, for example, if you bought like a set meal, which usually comes with M size fries, they give you S, and then a fifty yen off was there. Mm. It was their thing, and I don't know if it's like the same in other countries, but French fries are so popular in in Japan. It's like a lot of people just go there just to eat French fries and and nuggets and just chill out for like hours or do homework or whatever. So that happened like in uh in December and it was supposed to go on for one week, but because the pandemic was uh you know wasn't calming down or anything, uh it it carried on. So then it carried on into and then in January, um a lot of other kind of burger restaurants heard about what was happening to McDonald's. Uh, some rivals, for example, uh, Freshness Burger. So they uh, they decided to boost their fries, their fry sizes by twenty five percent to compete with uh, McDonald's, and uh, and they did this for free. So <laughs> they uh, they actually yeah were giving more French fries, and they could do this because they weren't getting their uh, potatoes from America. They were getting theirs from somewhere in Europe. Uh, yeah, so they had a a better supply chain. Oh, really? And I thought yeah. some places even were uh, getting from domestically. Oh, right? sorry. So Freshness Burger was uh, actually from Hokkaido. Mm. Yeah, so they were getting theirs domestically. It was uh, it was a combini that they in January seventeenth a combini. Actually, we don't have this uh, this convenience store in Hokkaido, but it's. Uh, What's it called? Mini Stop. Mm. So I think they have it in other parts of Japan, definitely in Tokyo. So they also got involved in the old French fry war, and they started uh, selling uh, buckets of French <laughs> fries that were three hundred percent larger in uh, in their convenience stores. And yeah, these uh, these guys were getting their uh, potatoes from from Europe. So their supply chain was uh, was a bit better than the than the McDonald's ones. Everyone was trying to cancel McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, just a whole war going on, <laughs> and then uh, it finally ended uh, February fourth of this month. McDonald's announces end of French fry rationing in Japan. Uh-oh. So they're back. Yeah, they Uh-oh. can now start selling all their regular size French fries, and uh, and there's a lot of happy people. Yeah, so there's. There was a lot of commenters on on Japanese Twitter saying, uh, "Potato power, our potatoes have returned. Can't wait to stuff myself with McDonald's fries again." So yeah, a lot of a lot of happy people. Um, and there, there's, I mean, when once I kind of delved into one article, just all these other articles just kept coming up on my Google feed, and 
Facebook and YouTube. I could have gone real deep, man. And it started going to like hash browns. Started to disappear <laughs> from McDonald's as well. Oh, really? And then Moss, Moss Burger was rationing their fries too. And it was, yeah, it was a bit too much. I couldn't, I couldn't focus on, uh, I only just wanted to focus on McDonald's in the end. So, uh, I could have gone a lot deeper. Maybe could have gone a, a whole couple of hour episodes on, uh, on just McDonald's French fries or the French fries <laughs> Japan war. But, uh, yeah. Just stuck with this one. What, uh, what do you normally order when you go to, uh, McDonald's? Well, actually, I don't go McDonald's anymore. I don't go to McDonald's anymore. I, yeah, I, I kind of stopped. You said that. Yeah. yeah, I stopped about, I want to say, three or four years ago, just for just for health reasons. You know, like the the food is really bad. I mean, it tastes great, but it's not good for you. But the last time I went uh, was actually quite recently. I went for breakfast. For some reason, I think breakfast is okay because <laughs> uh, cause it comes with a coffee. I don't know. But yeah, I had a I had an Egg McMuffin sandwich um, and it comes with a hash brown. Those hash browns are lethal, man. If you eat those too fast, you just get, you know, heartburn and you, you feel they're going to have a heart attack or something. <laughs> uh, but that was like the last time I had McDonald's um, and that was the first time in about three or four years. And yeah, the only reason why I did that, I just got to i got to the station um to go to work just a little bit too early and didn't really have anywhere to hang around but mcdonald's is always a a good place to to go if you've got time to kill so yeah had to buy a, a breakfast there so just did that and um but usually when i when i used to eat mcdonald's i always went for the big mac meal yeah always big here mac. in here in japan you're talking about? everywhere everywhere or every, any mcdonald's doesn't matter where big mac pretty uh-huh. much tastes the same i think wherever you go but uh yeah but obviously you know mcdonald's in japan they have their their different menus as uh as a lot of uh mcdonald's around the world have uh have their unique burgers and and things like that what do you what do you usually go for back when you uh go to mcdonald's <clears throat> well that's the thing i mean uh just like you're saying they have like some of their unique menu items uh only for japan like there's like well, I, I, don't, I think they're just for Japan, like the Samurai Burger and some of these other things that are going on right now. I don't uh, go there that often, maybe like two or three times a week or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> but that being said, I did talk to somebody recently who did does go about that often, uh, this foreign guy. <laughs> and he was like, because I was like, I think I saw you in McDonald's the other day. And he was like... Uh, yeah, you probably did see me because as sad as sad as this sounds, I go there like two or three times a week. <laughs> I'm like, man, are you okay? You know, uh, health wise. But um, yeah, so uh, I don't order because uh, when I go to McDonald's, I like to order like the classic menu items, like a double cheeseburger meal or just like you, like a Big Mac meal. Uh, just because like it tastes so good. I think I've talked about this before. Like McDonald's in Japan. Uh, kind of reminds me of like what McDonald's tasted like when I was like a kid growing up in the U.S. Because I feel like it's made with more care. Uh, you definitely get really good service. I don't know what service is like now these days in the U.S. A fast food place, but you know we talked about this before. Usually it's like uh, some obasan behind the counter, and maybe some younger kids that they're kind of like keeping an eye over or something. So everything is like you know working like a machine and everything and really quick. So. Yeah, I like to get the classic menu items like a double cheeseburger uh, uh, set meal or a Big Mac set meal. Um, yeah, I was actually kind of uh, doing some some research about different uh, m- menus around the world, and 
kind of just by coincidence on on TV the other day they had a program where they send like Japanese uh correspondents to all these different countries and testing out all the different menus that you can get at McDonald's so for example someone in the Philippines would get a Philippine specific dish from McDonald's another one from Thailand Vietnam Europe or whatever and compare all the ones compared to Japan so i kind of found like there's a list of uh, unique uh, food items at McDonald's around the world and i was wondering if you can guess what countries these dishes could be from you going to uh, tell me the dish i'll tell you the dish and you uh, you guess the country i we'll, we'll start off easy i'll give you an easy one um, okay. poutine <laughs> that must be our good good friends up north russia <laughs> <laughs> is that your answer yeah don't they don't have the poutine burger in russia <laughs> oh man I, f- I thought you might know this considering they're like your your real neighbors like back at home oh um, the Can- canucks yeah yeah oh really yeah oh. you never heard of that dish it's like uh chips and gravy and they called it poutine i did not know that dish that yeah. uh it's very close to some other word I know, but no, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that basically, uh, yeah, poutine is, I'm just looking, looking for it now. It's uh, French fries in gravy and cheese curds. Um, and that's what, you know, is a staple in Canada anyway, not just McDonald's. But McDonald's have also kind of jumped, jumped on board on that trend and have adopted that into their menu. Huh. So, yeah, that's what I thought you would definitely get considering... Yeah, you live so close to the country. But I don't know, you uh, you live in Michigan, right? How close is that to Canada? 45 minutes to the border. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, All right, let's like move on then. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I'm, I'm, I'm upset that they don't have that up in uh, in Russia because, well, he, he probably wouldn't allow that, uh, having a burger <laughs> named after him, especially like at a McDonald's uh, American restaurant chain food true true yeah all right give me number two give me number two okay uh let's give yeah man these are gonna be pretty tough i reckon all right no okay here's an easy one here's an easy one for you uh tomato and mozzarella turnovers (laughs) tomato and tomato and mozzarella turnovers yeah this is really in mcdonald's yeah huh uh one of the words i'm gonna go yeah, well, don't tell me. That. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go with uh, Italia. Italia, that's the one. That's the one. But also, yeah, um, there's another dish not in Italy, but another one that's called a McChicken mozzarella, mm. but it's not from Italy. Where do you think this one's from? And I'll tell you what's what it's got in it. It's got a it's a McDonald's chicken sandwich with mozzarella sticks on top. What country do you think that's from? Oh, mozzarella chi- t- uh, on top. Yeah. Uh, it's either, I'm going to, I don't know why. I'm, I'm thinking France, but for some reason I want to say Greece. <laughs> Not anywhere near. It's uh, Korea. Really? Yeah, yeah. Big, big doesn't, mozzarella cheese stick yeah, fans in Korea. That doesn't hmm. really make much sense, right? But uh, uh-huh. yeah, for, exa- for, for some reason, the Koreans like their mozzarella sticks. Uh-huh. Okay, uh, let's go for this one then. Uh, chicken, it's called a chicken McDowell with spaghetti. Chicken McDowell? Yeah, with with spaghetti. 
What country do you think that is from? That was not Italy. <laughs> no, it's definitely not Italy. We done Italy. Moving on. Chicken McDough. Chicken McDough with spaghetti. <sighs> Which continent? The continent <laughs> is it's a it's closish to us. Where we are now? Yeah. Uh oh. Uh maybe down south or at the top of the world depending on what your viewpoint is. It's pretty uh, hot there. It's pretty hot there. Australia? No, it is uh the Philippines. Philippines. Yeah. So what it is, it's uh it's basically a plate with a piece of chicken, like a drumstick chicken, uh deep fried, more like KFC style. Um, and then it comes with a side of spaghetti with uh, with some tomato sauce and cheese. Um, and it also comes with the option of having uh, fries or rice with it, if you want to have that, and a Coke. Wow. So, yeah, the Philippines. That is definitely a, a unique dish that I would never have imagined at McDonald's, but I'm doing horribly on your quiz. Are you purposely trying to do that? Are you trying to, like... <laughs> Beat down my quiz taking confidence. Yeah, I'm trying to make you feel bad from the last to win. The uh, champion, <laughs> even it out. Okay, I'll give you one more. One more. All right, um, all right. The name of it is called ham and egg twisty pasta. Ham and egg twisty pasta. Yeah, and it's a bowl of macaroni with sausage and egg toppings with sweet corn. And the sausage is kind of like you know what you get with the uh, the McDonald's breakfasts. The sausage patty and then the egg is yeah like you get in the, the egg mcmuffin and, and some sweet corn wow it's just on top of some macaroni bizarre thing to see on a menu uh i don't know uh germany this one is a uh, hong kong <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah random <laughs> all right last one last one mm. uh sweet corn germany <laughs> Come on, man, you haven't been watching the commercials? McDonald's. Or, sorry, Japan. Yeah, Japan. yeah. That's the new thing. Or like, you know, they try and market it for children, right? There's a there's that commercial where the kids are fighting over the sweet corn, tub of sweet corn. You know how they love it out here. They put it on everything. Ruined pizza and stuff. Well, yeah, that's why you, when you said it, the one before the Hong Kong dish, I was kind of guessed, but I've never seen anything like that on the menu here. All I can say is for somebody who doesn't eat much mcdonald's you are now an expert or have been an expert for a long time it sounds like so what is uh what is your favorite fast food chain because i'm not a huge fan of mcdonald's i like their big macs but if i could choose to eat fast food again um on a regular basis i think i would choose a uh, burger king i love their whoppers but uh mm. yeah so so for me it's uh, it's burger king but my the thing is, I can't. I don't really go to Burger King anymore. There's only like two. Yeah, in Hokkaido, right? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Sapporo at least. Yeah, yeah. So there's one in Otaru, and then the other one's in Shiroishi, which is a bit of a drive away. Um, but yeah, I, I don't go there anymore because my wife she kind of feels a bit sick after eating Burger King now. <laughs> so she's yeah, she she won't go there anymore. It's a bit sad for me because. I have to go there solo, maybe ride my bike there or something. But yeah, I haven't been there for about a couple of years now as well because she can't eat it. Yeah, it's hard for me to say what my favorite fast food. Uh, I mean, I would say something like In-N-Out. I mean, 
Uh, that was always really good when I was living in California, but that just kind of sounds like... No, I'm, I'm what about in Japan? Now. In Japan, back. Oh, a Japan, favorite fast food place in Japan. Mm. Well, it used to be Subway, uh, but now oh. Subway's kind of like disappearing, uh, yeah. from Sapporo at least. Um, uh, you know what? I'm going to, not even like uh, American fast food or overseas fast food place. I'm going to say like some Japanese restaurant. I would say, and you probably know my favorite Japanese fast food. Uh, I'm going to say Yoshinoya. Mm, yeah. Japanese yeah. fast food is good, man. Like it's, I don't know if it's healthier than Western fast food, but it feels like it is because a lot of the time you get like a, a teishoku style with a, a side of rice and, and miso soup or some pickles. So that always makes it sound like it's a lot better for you. But uh, I don't, I, I'm sure it probably just as bad. I mean, that's why it's fast food, right? All fast food is kind of not very good for you. Yeah, I probably cook with a lot of salt and sugar and stuff that just kind of turns into all the wrong s- stuff to cause inflammation when it's in your body. <laughs> and but, that, uh, that, that Yoshinoya meat, that can't be good for you, right? It's just like a cauldron of... Uh, beef that they've imported from America real cheap because you know it sells for like 350, 350 yeah, in a bowl and then just they dump so much stuff into that cauldron <laughs> and sauces and stuff but man it tastes so good at either 12 p.m right when lunch break starts or like 3 a.m after a night at the clubs i so. i would say uh yeah yoshinoya might be my fast food japanese fast food of choice too and maybe even uh nako nako's uh a bit better i think because they got more options on their menu you can get like a a katsudon or a or udon uh soba noodles a lot of things and you can even get gyudon there right get a gyudon bowl Mm. um so i think yeah nako kind of ticks more boxes for me so that Mm. that was the one i used to always go to um, I'll go to Yoshinoya if I wanted a gyudon specifically. That's where I'd go. But uh, Nako, uh, just for the, the variety in the menu. Well, you can't beat it. That was a big deep dive on McDonald's and fast food. I uh, kind of was, I mean, the original thing we looked at was like this list of all these recommended Japanese dishes uh, to eat in Japan. So in the course of that, um, kind of looking in the, at that, you noticed the whole French fry saga. I kind of... Uh, picked up one of my favorite foods on that very long list uh, and did a bit of a deep dive on it. And uh, any guesses what might be my favorite Japanese food? How well do you know your podcast co-host? Man, that was a big list as well. And it was like a list of 50 foods there. Can you give me a hint of which, uh, like what bracket it came in? Because I kind of read the list, but uh, I can't remember everything exactly. I don't know. I think it was near the top 10. Probably. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Because yeah. oh, I was looking kind of low down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's got, it's got to be, uh, it's got to be think, like, uh, sukiyaki then or something, right? Uh, oh, very close. And that might be actually, uh, yeah, I, that actually might be my favorite <laughs> Japanese food. <laughs> but this is very similar. Uh, shabu shabu, you know, oh, of course, yes. shabu shabu, uh, yeah, I always talk about this, um, but I learned a little bit more about it, uh, reading up on it, and uh, wanted to kind of see what you might know about Shabu Shabu. Uh, we only have a little bit of time left. Um, shabu Shabu, uh, for those that don't know, is thinly, thinly sliced meat that is briefly immersed in a simmering pot of stock called dashi to cook, and then dipped in sauce <coughs> as it's eaten. 
It was created in Japan in 1952. Some believe its origins lie with Chinese hot pot cooking.、Um, oh, yeah, I ben, just wanted to mention actually. Yeah, the hot yeah. pot. Oh, sorry, no, fin- finish your question first. Well, well go ahead. Yeah, so you, you mentioned about the Chinese hot pot. Yeah, so my family are、uh, from Hong Kong and yeah, they're really into、uh, shabu shabu. They call it dabino. It's called dabino in,、mm. uh, in Chinese. But、uh, yeah, I remember it got kind of popular a while back in England too. Like a lot of Chinese people eat it there, but it was nowhere near as good as how they do it here.、Um, all the food, all the meat was frozen and that was considered. Good at when I remember when I, yeah, I went back to England and my cousin was like, Oh, I'm gonna take you to this shabu shabu place,、uh, a restaurant, and they just like brought out all this food and all the meat was frozen, all the vegetables were kind of you know, not 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 presented very nicely, kind of a bit tekto. Um,、mm-hmm. and I was quite disappointed. My, my cousin was trying to impress me. He's like, you know, you just come out from Japan. I'm going to show you how to do Japanese stuff. I don't know why people do that. Do you have that? Like when you go back home and your friends or your family want to take you to like a sushi restaurant or something? No, but、uh, we always were trying to be careful because I know that does happen. So, in the opposite way, we were always trying to like be careful when we had like overseas guests come to visit us at companies here to make sure they weren't eating like food from their home country,、mm. only done in Japan. So, yeah, I can, yeah, people like get annoyed by that. Yeah. So, yeah, it wasn't,、uh, I was very disappointed with that.、Um, yeah. So, I continue with your.、Uh, oh, well, I was just, well, what else I was going to say is,、uh, um, do you know why it's called shabu shabu?、Uh, is it because of the sound that you're supposed to make when you swirl the meat?、Uh, shabu shabu and then eat it. <laughs> the shabu shabu. <laughs> Uh, man, that's what everybody thinks. That's, that's even what I thought until I read this one article that,、uh, try, is trying to convince me otherwise.、Um, this says the word shabu shabu originated,、uh, from a very mundane sound, the sound of hand towels being washed. <laughs> If you can believe that. The owner of a high class family run meat restaurant in Osaka was trying to think Of a name for this new dish that would help the product become widely known. At that very moment, he overheard the shabu shabu sound of someone washing hand towels in the background, and so the name was born. Do you think that's true? Is this true? We got to fact check this. Somebody fact check this. Is shabu shabu named because somebody is washing hand towels in the back of the restaurant? I hope、is、that's true. I, hope, I want it to be true. I mean, because, you know, everybody says, like, it's because of the, yeah, like you said, like dipping the meat in the water makes a shabu shabu sound and stuff. Cause there's a lot of onomatopoeia words in Japanese. Chinese、uh, whispers, man. You know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see、mm. what the truth is. Uh, shabu shabu is mostly made with beef, pork, or chicken, but depending on the restaurant and the area, you may find horse, lamb, duck, or wild boar. Uh, Ben, your favorite type of shabu shabu meat? I like,、uh, I like lamb. We actually had a lamb shabu shabu the other night、um, mm. with,、uh, with some、uh, haksai, obviously a, a, a staple for the shabu shabu.、Uh, with Chinese some, cabbage. Is, yeah, is Chinese cabbage,、mm. uh, some shiitake, some,、yes. uh, some noodles. It's not shiitake, it's a different kind of noodle, but it's made from the same ingredient, different name, I can't really remember off the top of my head.、Um, 
Yeah, yeah, very nice. And then obviously some uh, some ponzu and some daikon to get the nice uh, lemony taste. Are you the kind of person who puts the noodles in at the very end of the shabu shabu meal, or do you oh, usually do it? You talking about the shimemen? Yeah, like the udon and the ramen. Yeah, always the at the end. Closing noodles. Yeah, always at the yeah. end. Yeah, the closing time. Yeah, usually, uh, usually udon, udon, maybe one pack between the between two of us. Uh, otherwise, it's just too, too filling. But yeah. yeah, so for those that don't know, shabu shabu, just like you're describing, is cooked by putting all these meat uh, vegetables in the dish. Uh, in the boiling water, uh, the dashi at, uh, you know, at, uh, early on. And then you kind of cook the meat once everything's, uh, or you dip the meat in after everything's nice, hot and going there. Man, it must be one of like the most healthiest meals you can have, right? There's no additives there. It's all like fresh ingredients. Um, the only kind of condiments you're, you're putting in there is, uh, is dashi, which is really healthy. Um, or the, the ponzu sauce on the side. So yeah, it's like super healthy. Man. I I could eat um, shabu shabu like different kinds of it probably every day. If uh, if uh, yeah, I could probably eat that every day. Different yeah, and, and when you're cooking the meat, a lot of the well, if it's like fatty meat, a lot of the fatty meat or fat gets kind of cooked off and into the water and stuff. Um, but yeah, it's definitely one of the healthiest dishes. Uh, and just like you're saying, um, a lot of people even say like you should try and use a little side sauce. Uh, as possible because the original uh taste of the ingredients is obviously in the uh in the um the nabe or the pot that you're cooking with usually uh so you don't want to uh lose that with the two popular side um what's called sauces just like you're saying one pones which is just which is a citrus based sauce the other one gomadare which is sesame based sauce Mm. uh yeah and another very popular ingredient, but one of my worst enemies when it comes to shabu shabu is tofu. <laughs> oh yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, it's always so bloody hot, isn't it? Hot and hard to get out with chopsticks. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. You always need a spoon. We always keep a spoon in the neck close by now for every time we put tofu in there. And also, it depends what kind of tofu because you can get the uh, the the silky kind uh, kinu. Right, is the silky kind or more men, which you know, more men. I think I can't remember which which way it goes around, but uh, one of them is the more kind of uh, stronger, uh, stiffer one, more spongy, so it's easy, it doesn't break away so so much. Usually, that that one is better to eat for nabes, but I think most people go for the other one, the silky one, for some reason. I remember my wife always putting that in. I'm like, why, why don't you put the other one in? It's way easier to eat. And she's she has gave me some explanation, but I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so shabu shabu is your favorite Japanese dish. Well, it's up there now, but you mentioned mm. skiaki, and I'm torn. And there's probably a few others out there too. But well, on 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 that list, I I kind of one that caught my eye um, was a uh, curry rice, um, and we were actually talking about this recently of my with my wife um and you know how you know curry rice is considered japanese food but it wasn't actually from japan originally mm. and do you, do you know do you know where it's from berg yeah i think you've mentioned this before <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm quite proud because uh you know being british 
anything that's from Britain I always like to, to brag about. So I was, trying, I was bragging about this to my wife and she wouldn't believe me. For the, for the life of me, she wouldn't believe me. And so, yeah, curry was introduced to Japan during the Meiji era, which was 1868 to 1912. And at that time, the Indian subcontinent was under British colonial rule. So uh, Anglo-Indian officers of the Royal Navy brought uh, curry powder to Japan. And uh, yeah, and that's that's where where it was born. Um, now we don't have uh, curry rice in England at all anymore, or Britain, but we just have like Indian curries. Wait, yeah, sorry, my, you, sorry, sorry. You said they brought it to Japan, or they brought it to India? Uh, P, uh, who, um, the Navy people, British Navy, mm, brought that, it. Yeah, the to... Anglo Indian officers of the Royal Navy brought the spice curry powder mix to Japan. From India. From India. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah so okay. originally from India, but it was, uh, they were under British colonial rules. Yeah, so <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll take that one. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then, so you were saying about... And then, um, yeah, so yeah, I, I said this all to my wife, explained this to her, and, and she thought I was uh, I was joking the whole time. And <laughs> even now, she's, she won't believe me. She never believes me when I tell her how... You know, certain things come from from Britain. She just never believes me. I think it's because my smug face. That and all the other stuff that you always lie about. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of people right now that are probably typing on their keyboards. Like, hey, right, right. This is another Ben explanation. Yeah. We yeah. make you should, sure. uh, yeah, pr- proof, uh, fact proof that, please. So, is this your most the Japanese food you're most proud of, or one of your favorite Japanese foods? The one I'm most proud of, and it is one of my favorites too. You know, it's like a staple home, uh, home dish. Very uh, like a nice thick sauce, uh, very easy to make, and you can everyone has their own kind of version of it. Uh, add in certain different ingredients to make it better. Usually with chicken, uh, potatoes, carrots. And then a, a curry roux, which is the block of uh, the curry-flavored powder. Uh, yeah, really, really easy to make. And a lot of kind of kids know how to make it too. It's like real simple. Um, so I think a lot of Japanese people want to claim it as theirs. But sadly, Japanese people, it's not. It's ours. <laughs> that uh, that uh, British rule still extends even to today. That food. Yeah, well, I love uh, Japanese curry. I mean, uh, it was one of my favorite foods growing up that my mom used to make uh, when we were growing up in the U.S. And, uh, yeah, it came to Japan all of a sudden. It's everywhere. Not, <laughs> even, like, uh, curry uh, restaurants, not just, like, super curry restaurants, but there's actually curry restaurants sometimes, different mm. types of curry dishes and stuff. Like so. Coco's, for example, right? They just specialize yeah. in that. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think we are coming up to that time, Burke. Yeah. Why don't we mention one of our lovely sponsors? I was thinking, we haven't mentioned this one for a while, the uh, HokkaidoGuide.com. Hmm. Yeah, it's a tourist information website, HokkaidoGuide.com, written by locals for locals. It's been around for about 10 years now. Um, over 10 years, yeah. And it contains a lot of information such as like accommodation, sightseeing, food, nightlife, shops, outdoors, uh, entertainment. And yeah, you should go check out our website. They got some really cool pictures. I'm just 
looking yeah. now at the at the website um, photography on that website is amazing yeah there's a really good picture of a kushiro national park kushiro shitsugen national park on their uh, on their main page um, the photo is very impressive and yeah so check out the website for anything you want to know about hokkaido and if you just want to look at pictures of food as well uh, I, I highly recommend it Good travel information, good food information, uh, good historical information. Uh, still constantly getting updated with new articles because there's always new things to explore all throughout this great prefecture. So offered in English and Thai. And if you want to advertise anything, yeah, there's advertising space available too. So please check out the website hokkaidoguide.com if you're visiting this. Amazing prefecture we now call home. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Anything else to mention, Burke, before we uh, say goodbye? Uh, well, you know, I am very happy that I finally made it out snowboarding, but uh, I hope you and I can at least make it to the mountain once. Uh, I actually waxed my board this time. I don't think I waxed it last time, <laughs> so I can probably uh, keep up with you and have a lot more fun. I, I will say I was pretty surprised how much uh, I, uh, I was still able to do even after not being on the mountain very often. So. It's like riding a bike, right? Like exactly. That yeah, first yeah. run, getting your legs back under you and stuff is a little uh, iffy, but then after that, kind of remember everything you used to do and everything, so. Yeah, well, I'm going to head out tomorrow, actually. There should be some uh, snow forecast for tonight, so I'm oh. going to go, go right tomorrow. That's what I wanted to ask you about, because at the very beginning, you were like, yeah, I'm on spring break. I've got like two months <laughs> off. You kind of passed over that really quickly, man. That's like everyone, that's a pretty sweet setup you got if you got like two months off there. Yeah, yeah yeah it's uh it's basically my my shredding time so february march uh hopefully get down the dojo a bit more uh, when i'm not snowboarding and uh yeah just preparing my classes for next semester living the life living, living it the life. living it up nice uh all right everyone if you uh, if you enjoyed our podcast please uh leave us a rating and review on itunes um, I don't think you can do it on Spotify. I remember someone mentioning that, yeah. uh, that they couldn't do that. So, uh, yeah, please do that on Apple Podcasts. Um, there's some algorithm. I don't know what it is, but it, it apparently helps with, uh, with people finding our podcast, extending our listeners. And that would probably be the best way to support us, help us out, is, uh, is leaving us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Would really, yeah, would really appreciate it for sure. All right. Oscar Samlesta. Oscar Samlesta.